that's what I need. Hey, hey. Well, I need a dollar, dollar, dollar. That's what I need. Hey, hey. Said I need. And I, I want to every time dollar, I want to go. Dollar, that's what I need. I'm doing it. I'm really Nailed doing it. it. Hey, what's it going to take for you to uh, steal this song and put it on your show? What are the, what are the legal requirements for such a thing? Uh, <laughs> so the legal requirements. Are by the way, different. we'll probably get sued for using that. That's Aloe no. Black, by the way. Let's at least give some some plugs. Go buy that it's, song. Here's the deal, Mark. We're not making any money off it, so oh. we can't. Oh, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> if you use music like that and you make money off it, that's when you can get in trouble. If you use lo- more than thirty seconds of it and you're making money, that's where the FCC will care. FCC I think, has no. I think we're shy but, of that. But here's what you know need to know: FCC has absolutely no control over what we do on this podcast. Now, if I were going to use that on my radio station. Dude, the, the, you wouldn't even want to know the loopholes I'd have to jump through, seriously. And now we do it. We take stuff off YouTube. We play it. I play my friend's songs on the radio. I'm not supposed to do that. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's all sorts of BMI, ASCAP, uh, Plugola, Payola. There's about nine different stupid words that the FCC and, and red tape throw in the way of me being able to take something cool and yeah. just play it on the radio. Scott Knock will be all over your ass. You did, Somebody will. You didn't so, get sued for using the happy birthday song from Disney. Not yet. That's so a good I, point, Brecky. I think you're okay. You're okay with Aloe Black. Yeah. <laughs> Which That's, I, uh, I missed that song, by the way. That, by the way, is... Uh, <laughs> I think it needs to come back. That's Sean. That's Sean's talking. Sean Brecky. Hi, hi, everybody. In the house. Agent. Agent here. What happened to your watch, dude? Did it break? Uh, you know when I broke this? Yeah, it did break. Um, I broke this the day we went bowling. Oh, no. As Good thing it didn't go flying down the, the lanes, huh? Do you remember when at the end we were running out of time and I, I was screwing around and I grabbed that little plastic dinosaur? That's the ramp. Yes, I do. The ramp. Yes. Yeah, like I hit my hand on that. And it busted it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just a little. There's a lesson in there somewhere. It's a little, it's a little, uh, little piece. It's, it's going to be able to be revived. But yeah. How's the week been? Good week? Good week? It, it feels like it's getting worse from, Iowa, a, Iowa from sucks. a stinking weather perspective. Yeah, right. Good grief. Yeah, man. the state sucks. The basketball does it, team does sucks. Does it feel like the forecast is missed by a ton? Like, if no, we, if no, we, no, if we went so. back a week ago, were they predicting the 30s? Well, they, today? Were, they were saying that it was gonna, we were going to have a couple of warm days and then a cold snap for, yep. I think, just through the weekend, right? I heard no, not, even, not today, even through the weekend. So. I think the next two days are supposed to be it's supposed to go heating up. back up again yeah. around and then, 70. And then, and then it goes back down. We get some showers next week again. Spring is spring as spring is spring is springing. Yeah. Springing looks like uh, next Wednesday. You're gonna hate next Tuesday and Wednesday. Rainy, a 50, lot like today. Fifty and forty. Yep, a yep. lot like today. Hey, did you um, did did your parents ever give you you know recite stupid nursery rhymes or or uh, you know things when they'd wake you up stuff like that? So it reminds me because the spring. Uh, they didn't invent it. I'm sure someone wrote it, but spring has sprung. The grass is riz. I wonder where the flowers is. You know, I used to hear that one a lot growing up. Did not. I, dude, I, I that. Mark, I know none Excuse of me. these things. My wife worked at a wakey, daycare. wakey, eggs and bakey. I know wakey, wakey time to bakey. My dad um. used to sing to me, man. We had, a, we had, a, we had a Des Moines register route. You're welcome, dad. Um, to uh, you know, help pay the bills around the, the the place. Apparently, I don't know. We just had a family family route, but um, it annoyed the shit out of me <laughs> when my dad would come in and sing. And keep in mind, I'm not I'm not three at this time. I'd be like 11, 12. It'd be like us doing it to Eli and Seton, you know. 
He's at the end of my bed, like grabbing my foot, kind of yeah. lightly shaking my toes. Yeah. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. I love your dad, We're man. all in our places Listen, with bright, shiny faces. Most mornings I wake man. up in a and really, really I didn't have the capacity or the heart to do it at that point. But now that I'm a grown adult, I can say, fuck you, dad. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, come on, man. You, see, you were in jeez. And he does listen. He, he will. He will. So. Hear, exactly. He, he will hear this, by the way. You slept so till, it's okay, Jim. You I forgive slept you. till 10 today. I, okay. So I hate it when people say that stuff. All right, I'm going to give you three is, factors. Is that a, is that I'm a false give you three, statement, I'm a, though? No, I'm going to give you three factors. One, I own my own business, so screw both of you. <laughs> All right? I got no boss saying I need to be here. Two, I was up till two. I couldn't get to sleep, so I had less than eight hours of sleep. You were texting me later than you've ever texted me. You know, in, in I, our... I was well, I was watching the end of a, a really good game. Yeah. You were probably asleep at the end of the Murray State game. I didn't watch where I, I, I yeah. watched Kentucky, and I got a text from my buddy Josh Fisher who went to Kentucky. Yeah, and it was like so. Dude, so less awful. less than eight hours of sleep. So screw everybody. And then <laughs> a morning like this, you naturally sleep longer, man. Yeah. It's it's darker. You don't have the sun come through you, the windows like you do like some to. other days. So anyway, I was watching the end of the Murray State San Francisco Dons game, which I'm not sure what Don stands for, but it certainly makes me think of the mob. I don't I don't know what you guys think when you hear the Dons. The San Francisco's nickname is the Dons? I believe so. Yeah. What? Yeah. And it's D O N? I think so. Let's Google this. Um Sean, Google that. Yeah, so, I, so I can keep Why talking. would why would San Fran the Dons? Because when you said Dons, yeah. and first I'm thinking the D-A-W-N-S. No. And I'm like, well, that's that should be like a, a Miami school. A very famous basketball player, by the way, old school, went to San Francisco. Do you um, know who that is? I know this. Go ahead and Google that one. Who too, is Florida. San Francisco Dons? And it's D-O-N-S? D-O-N-S. Doesn't that make you think of uh, San Fran? the mom? The yeah, Don? The captain? Yeah. Little Gotti? Um, was it Oscar Robertson? Oh, that's. I think you're right about that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So anyway, it, uh, so it's the name. It was a vote to become the Dons. Okay. And he, the mascot is Don Francisco, which is a <laughs> subtle nod to Don Francisco de Haro, the city's first mayor, <laughs> who ran the San Francisco mob. Yeah, right. Like that's that's <laughs> where no that around was going <laughs> for sure, hundred percent. And he's got kind of a Zorro look. Okay, but here's my thing. Okay, so so you could argue Iowa Hawks. We'll talk about that in a second because I do want to get your opinion. And they've got they've got a dude. Obviously, Murray's a, dra- a lottery pick. Yeah, yeah, we all know that. But this time of year, what I'm always reminded of, and what gets frustrating is when you feel like your own team, especially in a in a in an upper league. Doesn't have a dude. Yeah. Okay. So yesterday I'm watching, I think the guy's name was Bougie, which is like, we, we use the word bougie around here with something like that for San Francisco guys draining ridiculous shots as the game's coming down to the end game goes to overtime. Really good game. And I'm like that guy, you know, they have a dude, New Mexico state had Teddy Allen. They had a dude that refused to miss went 13 for 13 from the line. And you look at your own team. He's like, Where's our dude? And yesterday, dude. yesterday, yeah. Iowa needed a dude oh. that was going to step up and be like, uh-uh, I'm not missing. But this time of year, what's cool about the tournament, and we were saying what's cool about St. Peter's beating Kentucky is that St. Peter's, whoever the hell they are, <laughs> um, you know, beats a blue blood because they had a chance to beat a blue blood. This never happened in the college football playoff. You know, it's not happening in most sports because they don't allow that Hoosier effect. Mm-hmm. what I call it, right? So 
I, I don't know. Yesterday, do you wish Iowa had that dude that was just like, I'm taking well, this I mean, game over. I'm not missing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would have been nice if I think Keegan Murray had moments yesterday where he looked he was that guy. Patrick McCaffrey had moments yesterday where he was that guy and, and couldn't miss. I mean, even if they were fleeting, they both kind of showed that potential in that in that moment. Yesterday was just a a, a I I think yesterday was a day where the Hawks were looking past Richmond. They 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 were believing all the hype. They were a really trendy pick to be a Final Four team. And I think when you see all that stuff, you believe all that stuff, you've just run through the Big Ten tournament, it's real easy to get out over your skis. Real easy to go, all right, this is, you know, we're, we're, de- we're a team of destiny now. And then Richmond shows up with a team of dudes who like to play rough. They, I, I hated this matchup when it was announced because Richmond played the type of basketball early in the season that was the Hawkeyes' Achilles heel. That in your shorts defense, they weren't going to allow you to do anything. They weren't going to go out there and play basketball with you. They were going to go out there and beat the shit out of you. Yeah. And if you aren't ready for that fight, you you can't respond to it. And that's what I saw yesterday was, um, you know, coming out of halftime, it was almost like Iowa was expecting Richmond to do what Minnesota had done and other teams where, Iowa okay, State you, did it. yeah, you played with me for 20 minutes. Now you're just going to roll over and we're going to win this game in the second half. Richmond didn't do that, continued to punch back. And Iowa just, it, they don't have that, that gritty toughness that you need in a moment like that. I think that Keegan sort of disappeared in that moment too he got the ball a few times on the block and and they couldn't stop him once they did that and they but there's been times yeah there's been times this season where keegan he just doesn't have that i i feel like he didn't have that animal instinct to just give me the ball and get the hell out of the way the alpha yeah the alpha yeah yeah. yeah, he just he needs to be calling for that ball every single time and just put the team on his back and and and, you know greg jenny that's (laughs) basketball allows for that you know we i can think of about five guys in my lifetime LeBron, Michael Jordan, Kawhi Leonard at times, where you watch a game, Giannis, you watch a game and you go, oh, that dude is way better than everybody else on the court. Not only that, but you know, every trip down the court, they're going to get the ball. Yeah, they should. And they're going to score, or they're going to get fouled, go to the line and make the free throws, or or whatever. Um, I am not the world's uh, biggest J-Bo fan. I'm not even close to that. Um, In fact, I probably don't even like the guy. But I was happy to actually see him score. Because an interesting stat, I actually texted Grove about this. Grove, shout out, it's required. Um, <laughs> is he had gone, before this ended, he had gone 68 tournament minutes without scoring. Without a bucket. This is a guy that's an all-time leading scorer in a conference. Yeah. Yeah. And then he finally, like shortly thereafter, you're welcome, J-Mo, for, for you know, breaking your curse. Because I just texted this. He finally hits the three and, yeah. and you know, ended when, up with six points. When, when that happens, I wonder... Is it the de- the defense that's shutting him down, or is it just no, not, not, not a guy like that because he'll launch from deep. Yeah, and he was getting shots off. He was coming off ball screens. He was getting just getting missing pretty so good don't, looks, and just you don't credit yeah. any defender. Well, listen, to, I, to do that, yeah, I, yeah, I, I mean, the, what kind of defense? The are shots, running? the shots that Jaybo was missing yesterday, I don't think were were hugely contested. I mean, the defense obviously gets some credit because they're causing those odd shots or causing him to shoot on the run and all those things. But like Mark said, that's Jordan Bohannon made a career out of those shots going in and they weren't falling yesterday. And I don't know if, um, you know, like Mark Hanrahan was doing my program with me and Mark played sports at very high levels. First thing that he said when he sat down was this arena sucks. You're playing in a hockey arena. So behind the basket, it looks very different. This is something that Jake Sullivan used to talk about a lot when they would go play on the tournament. They wanted to get as much time out there as possible to get, because it's black you're used to seeing stuff 
mm-hmm. around the basket. You're used to when you're... You hear a lot about that in the bigger Yeah, arenas. there's a perspective there. When it's black More behind, your, your, your depth perception gets messed up and lost. Right. So I don't know, man. It, it, it's, a, it's a soup. There's a lot of ingredients that go into it. The defense was good. The arena is different. The ball was different. His shots just aren't falling. And we saw that all year with Jordan that sometimes there were nights when he just couldn't get the ball to go down the rim. Right. As the day case yesterday for a lot of the games. People have noticed the ball uh, looks different. Dude, I think it looks it, more orange. No doubt it is. But I mean, why, it, why are they changing no, the ball? They they had the option. I heard this on the morning rush this morning. They had the option to play with that ball all season long. Okay. If you knew that 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 was the ball you're going to use in the tournament, why which they you? did? Why is not it, use what, it like all what season? Exactly. You know, a basketball is a basketball. Obviously, you have no grip. excuses. Is this a? A, I assume it's a normal company. A basketball is a basketball. basketball. It, can, it can get grippier. Well, it can get is, bouncier. Again, it can get... Jake and Jess have talked about yes. this, especially shooters. The ball absolutely matters. And, I mean, in fact, Jake Sullivan, famous Iowa State three-point shooter, he knows the exact brand and model of ball that he liked to shoot. Yeah. And and because it had a different feel to it, the well, way so it's I mean, more plasticky, more yeah. leathery, more or, yeah, yeah. How high the seams? I remember are, how, how far the seams sit into the ball, and yeah. how, what your fingertips feel like yeah. on that. I mean, all of it. Yeah, I remember several years ago that was a thing. That, like some team came into Iowa State, and they had changed the ball up. Yep. Yeah, they were using and, and one and of they, those globetrotter balls, blue, it, it was red, there, white. There was some strange thing that, and everyone was like, oh. Why why'd they change the ball? Is that legal? Is that allowed? Like, yeah, it's absolutely allowed. There's no standard to it. Working at uh, at head tables for colleges and then even at and when doing being down at the energy and the wild and wolves and stuff. Um or yeah, energy and wolves. It's a it it, it is a process for them to pick the game ball every day. In college, they usually bring out the home team's point guard. And that and the head official and the point guard basically decide together the official is doing a bounce test to make sure it's got the right air in it he holds the ball out at about shoulder height and drops it and it should bounce up from there to about your hip Mm. Uh, but then once he finds a ball that is about right the point guard is standing there with him he's kind of feeling it dribbling it going yep this is the ball then they hand the ball to the head scorer yeah. Say this ball is the game ball. Because I'm assuming that they use the same ball the whole game. Yes. I've never thought about yes, that. They do. Yes, they do. Okay. Yep. Did you see the uh, the hero cheerleader last night? With, uh, speaking of the ball. Oh, no. Oh, I, I mean, it was, I heard, uh, I say I that, heard about I say this. that jokingly. Like a ball got stuck in, a, in the basket. The ball got lodged up super high between the back of the backboard and like the shot yeah. clock. And they had a broom out there and were tr- maybe trying to do that. And then. Uh, the announcer, though, was, like, getting into it. He was way into it. Like, get, so was the crowd. The like, crowd gave the, the biggest the, the, reaction. Before, before this even happens, the announcer's, you know, like, let's get the cheerleaders involved. They're used to being up high. And lo and behold, you know, I don't know if it just happened to happen or someone, like, actually said, maybe that's actually a good idea. Uh, one of the, the cheerleaders for Indiana, Indiana, right, one of the male cheerleaders gets one of the females up on his shoulders, and the crowd goes wild. And then, you know, she's able to scurry up a little bit and, and, and grab he, the ball. Well, he so. lifted her up higher. Oh, yeah, yeah, to, yeah. To get the ball. Yeah. And all she had to do was go, oh, here's the ball. Thank you. He, he He's the one who had to stay. He had to do all the hard there, work. You know? But they, had, they were on the Today Show and Good Morning America. Oh, really? Uh, they've, awesome. They're getting their 15 minutes that's of fame so good. today. So uh, that's one of those things whenever, it, you know, it's a cute story. But I think, man, if you're the, I guess this is why people on the news are, are, are talented and get the pay. But this is Ross. Ross is good at this stuff. I always, you know, make them do made-up commercials or something on the spot. But I'm like, hey, Ross, Ross, we need four minutes. 
from you on on uh, this cheerleader that grabbed uh, the ball. Yeah, I would love it. That'd be so much fun. Grab, grab the ball, <laughs> dude. Be, I would. So, so Ross, okay, we're going to throw it to uh, Amy and Ben. Yeah. Uh, there are the Indiana cheerleaders that caught national attention yesterday when uh, Amy grabbed that, that basketball. Uh, Ross, go ahead and uh, take it away. Your four minutes starts now. What's your opener? <laughs> ben uh, putting himself in a nice uh, position at the bottom of this pyramid. Going to try to lift Amy up and uh, get this game going again. Amy dressed in her uh, white skirt with red trim right now, uh, uh, getting in the mount position. <laughs> Uh, Amy now launching up above the shoulders of Ben. Great grab by Ben. He's positioning Amy in just the right spot. Yeah. This uh, appropriate for the Me Too movement, yeah, by the way. Right. right. You know, it's uh, like, come on, really? Yeah. Like, I mean, you gotta you gotta have a number of questions for these people. I'm like, I can think of about one. It is yeah. the uh, oh yeah, that'd be a lot of fun to talk to them about do that doing that. What it was is there like. Any chance they don't make the one shining moment video? No chance they don't. Yeah. No chance They're, they, they don't. will be on that. That's sure. uh, yeah. I, I've talked every year. I've done a podcast. I've talked about this, dude. It is the strangest thing ever because even even when you know it, the equivalent's watching a movie. Like what, what's a what's a sad movie that makes you teary every time you watch it? You know, Rudy. Okay, it might be a Rudy. It might be. Yeah. That's the yeah. first one that came to my mind. I right. didn't want to really? say it. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if when it's a dad, Rudy. When the dad walks into the stadium for the first time, and, he, and then when they start chanting for Rudy. <laughs> no, what about? He's been what, an underdog don't his whole actually, life. I don't actually. What's his, what's his roommate? I do. Debop. 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 Isn't it Debop? Debop. Debop. The guy D-bop. wears the two watches. It's John Favreau. It's John Favreau. Yes, it is. But when he says, who's the wild man now? Mm-hmm. Okay, was that a reference to you were supposed to be a wild man yourself? Who's the wild man now? He's freaking out. Yeah, he's, he's crying. Like, who that, the hell was dude, the wild I'm man? I'm not kidding. When you Before. said that, I get the chills. I think that's so cool. He's so happy for his friend. He's crying in the stands. And then you see Ned Beatty, Ned Beatty, his dad doing like the gloved clap. You know, yeah. he does one of those, not one of these. He does the. Yeah. One of those kind of claps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Getting tears in my eyes. You're talking about it, man. So then anyway. they go to they go to the black guy that took him under his wing yeah, and let yeah, him, yeah. and he's all excited for him too. He watched his first game, not as a player. He oh, wouldn't, dude. Come on, man. He, would, he, he wouldn't, wouldn't, let, he wouldn't let him give up. And remember that moment where he, you know, he left him that key to get into the janitor's office so he'd have a place to sleep. I bet that didn't happen. To life. prove what. Yeah, that's let's, a great let's thing. Not talk about what didn't happen from that movie. Yeah, exactly. All the <laughs> lies. That's the, that's, that's the rest of the podcast. <laughs> now, what did happen? Not quite under these circumstances, but he did. He did play, and that, and he did get a uh, quote unquote sack. Yeah. Have you watched the real play? Absolutely. And I have too. It did actually happen, but the timing was off for the team. So, something was off in terms of well, exactly I mean, see, how that yeah, went down. Yeah, they weren't chanting Rudy. Nope. They weren't chanting Rudy. No, and it it, it was the seniors yeah. didn't go in and lay their jerseys on no, the desk. No, I'm sorry, Sean. Dan, we, Dan, went, we went we yeah. went there. We went there. How yeah. about this? His uh, his best friend didn't die at the oh at, at the, the steel mill. Steel yeah, mill. yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff. His Pete, girlfriend Pete didn't die. His girlfriend didn't marry his brother. Uh, so I mean, they, again, they took some liberties with it, but I love Rudy. Did Pete, just, did Pete buy him a sweet vintage Notre Dame letter jacket? Uh, guess what, folks? I don't think that William Wallace was uh, all that stuff's right in Braveheart. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't think we can. Freedom at the yeah. end, <laughs> dude. <laughs> speaking, of, I bet, I, I bet Rudy is closer to the truth than Braveheart is, though. Sure, dude. They I have, they have, they have Braveheart impregnating people. 
and, yeah. and, and passing his the queen. Scottish the seed. <laughs> it didn't Cream happen. That didn't happen. <laughs> Apparently, those people Cream were like, a, those people were real people, but they were like alive like 300 years yeah, apart. It was exactly right. From they each were other. Hundreds of years apart. That, that's, that's, that ho- oh, that's Hollywood for you, folks. Hey, that's Hollywood. But anyway, back to my tears. Um, every year, without fail, my wife cries at one shining moment. Every year. Yeah. Every year. And I don't oh, know exactly why. I ask her why, and she says, it's because they, they've put in so much effort. They've tried so hard, you know, and it's just that they always show the people that are de- dejected, like your Hawkeye is probably feeling right now. You know, they're sad. It's probably going to be Iowa State later today, frankly. Can we talk about Iowa State real quick? I like to get predictions because my wife uh, said to me the other day, Ross was way off. I said, about what? Well, apparently what you said about the Big 12 tournament and Big 10 tournament. Your prediction sucked. So let's do a segment called Ross's Predictions Suck. Hold on. I haven't used these sounders in a long time. Let me find the right F- one. Fire one away. Hold on. Uh-oh, there's nothing there. There you go, Sean. Oh, there's there happy is. birthday. Well, well, we might as well do this for a second. Don't, so Don't let Disney hear it. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy birthday. Try not to dance. I dare you. Best friend okay, Josh's that, that, birthday was yesterday. That, so that was not it. That was not it. Happy birthday, Josh. St. Patty's Day birthday. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's time to play Ross's Predictions Suck. <laughs> Woo! Somebody going to sue somebody. What was my... Uh, what was my Big Ten or Big Twelve prediction that Iowa State was going to win a couple games? Iowa was going to get out early, something like that. I'm taking up with my wife, dude. I'll, she could be I'll, wrong. I'll ask her. You know, she could I be wrong. I, I, more than likely. But I wait, wait, I'll tell you what well, your predictions. Tell you. I'll tell you what your predictions weren't. They weren't that Iowa was going to win the Big Ten tournament and Iowa State was going to lay a huge, huge egg. What was that like seeing the court? live? I was terrible, way. dude. Dude, I was ready to leave before half. That was such yeah. trash. Yeah, no, it was garbage, hot garbage. All right, Ross. You can make it all up right now. Okay. <laughs> go, go ahead and predict the entire day of tournament action. Do we see a huge upset? Does Iowa State beat LSU? No. He okay. is last in our bracket challenge right now, by the way. Oh, is he? Am I really? He is. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what happened? First round, you're usually going to get some big upsets, right? And we had them and we, yesterday. And we did. We had two 12s beat fives. We had a number two go down. Had a 15 lose to a, or a two. A, a 15, 15 beat, beat a, a two. two. Yep. And... Even had the scare that usually happens in the first half of the 16-1 and one when Gonzaga yeah. was struggling for a little while. So I think today probably goes a little bit more chalk. Uh, I think that Iowa State does beat LSU. I like that matchup for them. They're, Iowa State's a tough team. Um, they are gonna have, should have a little bit of a crowd advantage up there. Uh, everybody likes to have the upset and the Wisconsin crowd. They're in the same session as Wisconsin who was going to be facing the winner of that game. They'd much rather play the lower-seeded Iowa State Cyclones than LSU. So I think you're going to have a big crowd advantage. Um, huge, huge crowd advantage. I really like TJ's record of uh, preparing for teams. They've had a week now to kind of get ready for LSU. LSU is dealing with a whole bunch of turmoil, uh, have a brand-new coach. They're not going to change a lot, but who knows? That, that's such a wild card. Um as far as the that team, what what, and if you're the, an underdog, you want as many wild cards as you possibly can, and it's a pretty big one. So I like Iowa State's chances. I won't be surprised at all if they lose this game by 15. Are you doing? Um, you did an interesting thing yesterday that I thought might be kind of fun. 
uh, didn't go to it. The uh, you went to the Palms. I'll give a free plug yeah. to somebody. The Palm. When I say the Palms, I think Vegas. I do too. You know, but I it do. is there is a there is a movie theater out in Waukee that is beautiful. It was opened right before the pandemic started. I mean, they they opened the doors to this thing like they get the great time in the work. February of 2020, and then we were out there. We we were supposed to be out there for the tournament in March of 2020, but the pandemic locked everything down. and We couldn't. Last year we did it, but it was limited seating. This year was the first time they were actually able to go full bore. It's awesome, dude. In fact, next year it's something we should consider. You can actually rent a theater for $350, Ooh. and you have 350 seats with that. That's crazy. So For, I mean, for the tournament. I'm, 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 I'm sorry, 35 seats. God, $350, you get 35 seats. Okay. So $10 a piece for you and your buddies. I mean, or get it and just have a theater. So what is, they just split the huge movie screen in four. And if you rent the theater by yourself, you can do whatever you want with the remote. Oh, you, can watch, yeah, you can, can watch we, all can four. Yeah, you can watch all four. Can we put Rudy on one, one of those? I think we could put Rudy on one of them. <laughs> that I was cry was, the whole time. How was the quality of the uh, games? Like crisp? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, I, I that's guess not I don't like a, say like HD, TV, but I feel like it was. A TV feed I mean, is not what their those screens would be naturally meant for. They're, they're movie screens. Right. I think there'd be some difference, but apparently not. Yeah, it was awesome, man. I mean, when the game was on the full screen, it was amazing. I mean, the guys are 14 feet tall in front of you. It's- so it's one of those moments whenever you go to a big event like that that's meant to be exciting and fun, and then you, you, uh, you know, it doesn't end the way that you want. Yeah. It, it, and you can kind of feel it coming. It's the inevitable turd in the punch bowl. Yep. It's like going to someone's birthday party and the husband and wife get in a fight. You know, yeah, you're just right. like, oh, well, but, uh, you know, Mark, where's it, my coat? That's a great, that's a great way to look at it because you still get cake and you still have some fun at the party. And, I know. And there, there were moments in the game, you know, when Keegan Murray throws down a dunk, when Jordan Bohannon hits a three, the people in the in the room, you feel that crowd thing, that yeah. mob mentality. Yeah, here we go. All right. And everybody's clapping. That's fun. And you go, oh, is this, is a, this so is really So as soon cool as it was ending, though, or ended, did a, yeah. a ton of people get up and leave? Um, was it a well-attended event? He was on air. Uh, yeah, I was on the was air. Happening. So I was kind of reacting live. And people were, I mean, Mark, probably like what was happening down in Kansas City for you. The realization sets in for different people at different times. Yeah. Uh, when, there's, when there's 15 seconds left and it's a six-point game, people start getting up and walking out. There yeah. are a lot of people that are like, well, wait a minute. Things can still happen. Hawkeyes hit a three. They get a foul. They yep. and then yeah, when I think it was like two seconds left, and they got the inbound and 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 Hawkeyes fouled. That was when. So it was, was, it was okay. what ten bucks to get in? Ten bucks to get in, but then you got your ten dollars back when you walked in the door. They gave you a ten dollar bill. What? Yep, you reserved your spot online for ten dollars. When you okay. walked in the door and said, "Hey, I'm Mark Charter. I'm here to claim my seat." They said, here's a $10. I mean, they hey, gave you a $10 bill cash. Run your biz however you want to. I just find that interesting. That was they, why why they were they said, not just keeping the 10 They bucks? said that was the easiest way for them to do it. I figured it would be $10 really? off your bill. I thought it would be 10 that, that would 10 be smart. I, I mean, they were banking on people eating. Eating and drinking. Yeah, absolutely. I get that, but... I don't know anybody that would have had a problem just paying ten bucks to go to I, I this theater either, and I, watch this game. But it's a it's a thing that I mean. Wow, something yeah. about a reservation and making sure that yeah, they just want to make sure that you get yeah you don't reserve your yeah. spot and then not show up. They turn people away and then all of a sudden you yeah. decide at the last right. minute not to come. Well, that's good on the palms for doing that. Yeah. That's that's kind of cool. Um, we were gonna have a representative for the dingus here, but she's not coming in. She's scared. Should we chastise her and tell her to come? KK was is, is out there and is being a wuss. She was going to come grab our fourth mic. It's too bad because she could hear the greatest story ever if she'd just hang out with us for a little bit, but she doesn't want to hear it. So um, She's out there talking to some of our other talented female agents. we got Taylor here, Stacia. 
KK. Hi, we're looking at them. They're too. waving at us. We have now. glass walls. Yeah. We're talking about you uh, on a podcast. This story that I'm going to tell you today, you are familiar with, Mark. I think maybe you've even watched this documentary. Um, and it's, it, it is one of the best documentaries I've ever watched. It's truly one of the craziest stories I've ever heard. Okay. I it, think I know where you're going. It starts, nah, it starts in 1980 and a, a guy by the name. Let me, let me guess. Can I guess? Okay. Yeah. Based on what you've already said. I don't yep. think I could be off. Okay. And I'm going to disagree with you on something if I am right. Okay. Okay. Is this about Sugarman? No, you're talking about... Uh, oh, good. You're talking about Searching for Sugar Man. Yes, because, and I was going to say, I did watch that. and You, you didn't had, love that? You had told me before that you loved it, you thought it was great. I'm like, man. You I didn't love Searching for Sugar Man? No, I didn't. Mark? No. Breck, have you ever seen Searching for Sugar Man? It not. is, it, and it, like... I will break the tie here. Universally loved... It is. It's considered one of the best documentaries of all time. It's a it, and it the story it tells. I will bring to this podcast someday as one of the great because it is truly one of the best human stories I've ever heard. It did it, not make uh, me. It did not make me do this. Down in my plums. Oh man, no, that one made me just feel testing, it. Testing my that one made again. me feel at my plums. When I say my favorite documentaries, the ones that made me feel. Um, uh, what's the one with Alex Honnold where he climbs? Uh, Free solo. Free solo. Oh, my God. I was literally on the edge of my seat. The only thing that did not... I did like that. Searching for the for record. Sure. I did like free solo. I did think it was, you know, I have zero concept to being able to do that. I yeah. would never do it. Yeah. So tons of admiration. The fact that I knew he wasn't dead, I knew the ending. Yeah. I knew he made it to the top. Yeah. Everybody did. He's still did alive. You watch the Al- did you watch The Alpinist yet? I have not. Okay. No, but there was another one. Another one, by the way, if you liked Free Solo, that was called uh, The Dawn Wall. The Dawn Wall. It's a same, little bit different. Same rock that we're talking about. No, no. Yes, it was. No, it's not, Mark. No, yes. Don. No, buddy. Dawn Solo is about the, the kids that were climbing the rock and, in Afghanistan, and they were shot that, at. That was part of the story. Yeah. But then he's also climbing the same well, he face. He also climbs El Capitan in, the, in that, but the, the Dawn Solo thing is... Or the yeah that they're on a different rock wall in like Afghanistan. Yeah, I, no, I wasn't. I wasn't talking about that yeah, part crazy. at all. I was talking about the, searching for Sugar Man is one that I didn't. Again, I loved it. I thought it was such a great story of, um, of a of a, of a human dream coming true without the dreamer ever knowing it. And yeah. it, it's just such a cool story. And I won't say much more than that. We'll talk about Sugar Man someday. This is not that one. Okay, but this is one of those documentaries that made me feel. And I will never forget watching this documentary. Um, people that are older, I bet your dad will, might even remember this story happening because when this happened, it became a huge national story. Uh, so it starts in 1980. There's a guy by the name of Bobby Shaffron, graduated from high school in 1979, but didn't go to school right away that fall. Took a year off, started to work and uh, waited till the spring of 1980 to decide he wanted to do the college thing. So his mom helps him, and he enrolls at uh, New York Community College. So again, a year after graduating from high school, he shows up on the campus at New York Community College, and he's walking around. And as he's walking, people are like, hey, Eddie, what's up? And the guy's name is Bobby. Yes. He kind of waves. Now, now, uh, now we're on the same Multiple page. people are coming up to him saying, Eddie, what's up? Didn't think you were coming back this year, Eddie. He's like, what the hell? And he just kind of plays along at first and thinks that people are just misidentifying him. He gets to his dorm room. And a guy that lives in the dorm comes to the door and says, who the hell are you? 
says, well, my name's Bobby. What do you mean? He says, no, man, you look just like my best friend from last year named Eddie. He's like, well, that's everybody on campus is calling me Eddie. He goes, yeah, you look just like him. And again, 1980, he says, I know his phone number. Will you go to a pay phone with me? Because I, I, yeah. I think you are Eddie. Yeah, and it's not, yeah, it's not like you look just like him. It's like you look you, like him. You are identical to this dude. Yeah. Your hair, your mannerisms, you're, you're identical. Yeah. And this Bobby Shaffron picks up the phone, dials the number that he's told to call, and by his own account, he answers the phone. He mm. hears his own voice say, hello, and he says, hello, and right away they realize something's off here. Now, both these boys, Bobby Shaffron and Eddie Galland, knew that they were adopted. So pretty easy to put two and two together. They had been adopted from the same adoption agency uh, at the same time, they're identical twins. This is a given. And when you see the pictures of these two boys, there is absolutely no doubt. They look like Keegan and Chris Murray. They're that did, identical. Did not know each other until college. Did not know yeah. each other until now. They are 19 years old. And and ironically, they grew up blocks from each other in New York City. But again, you, you grow up blocks from thousands of kids mm -hmm. in New York City. So not unheard of that they wouldn't ever run into each other. Kind of strange that nobody in the neighborhood ever put together that these two identical boys were running so around different, to move away to go different to families. It's New York. No one cared. So this story, it, listen, it's a heartwarming story. Brothers find each other. They were adopted. Um, and uh, and they were adopted into different families. Now they find each other. Neither family knew that the boys were that that their son had an a twin brother. So it's a it's a fun story, and it makes the newspapers, and it it starts to fly around that hey, by the way, these two boys found each other. Isn't this cool? And that's when the story finds the face of David Kelman. David Kelman is also 19 years old. He also lives in New York City. He was also adopted. And he also looks identical to these two twins that are now on the, in the newspaper. So his mom is the one that reaches out and says, "You've got to, You're the third twin. We, you're adopted. You're the third twin. Three identical twins. Triplets. Triplets. Thank you. That's what they're called. Yeah. I wish there was a word for that. <laughs> Triplets separated at birth. Um, and the story gets so much crazier from there, Mark. So these three boys get together, and it does become a national story. They're on the Donahue show. They're on the cover of a lot of magazines. Um, and it, it's, it's an interesting kind of tale that they're telling. The three boys were raised in three completely different families, and I mean starkly different. One of them comes from a very affluent family, doctors, uh, one of them comes from a very poor family. His, his dad was like a garbage man. And then one is like middle class. And I mean dead middle class. <laughs> so what you find out, uh, the, the three families get together, and obviously they become friends. Families become acquaintances. And they start to ask some questions to this adoption agency. Now, the adoption agency was the Jewish Board of Guardians. That the, these, you know, if you were a... Uh, a mother or an expecting mother and you didn't want your child and you were Jewish, you could go to this community and they would help find a family that would take your kids in. Now, at first, the Jewish adoption, the Jewish Board of Guardians came out and said, listen, we knew that these boys were triplets and it was just really hard for us to find a home to place three kids. It was hard for us to find a place to put two kids at one time. It was impossible for us to ask people to take on three babies. So we just didn't tell anybody. We just presented all three kids as individual babies. These three families showed up and wanted babies. We gave them their, these three babies. We, no harm, no foul. We didn't mean anything by it. 
And in fact, they this information comes out in a big meeting that they have at the office for the Jewish Board of Guardians. And the three families get their answers and they decide, okay, there was no ill harm or ill intent here. Sounds good. Now, the story goes that they walk out of that boardroom. One And it's raining outside. And one of the dads realizes he left his coat back in the boardroom. He turns around and he walks back into the boardroom to find the Jewish Board of Guardians toasting champagne. Odd for a odd, adoption agency. Odd for an adoption agency to be celebrating something that was supposed to just be a meeting of sharing information. And things start to click with this dad. And he goes back outside and he tells the other parents, something's off here. Something's weird. They were toasting champagne when I walked in there as though they'd just accomplished something that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. This is where the story gets super dark. These boys were placed intentionally by the Jewish Board of Guardians into a blue-collar, a middle-class, and an affluent family as an experiment of nature versus nurture. These boys' lives were a science experiment conducted by an awful dude by the name of Peter Neubauer, uh, another person by the name of Viola Bernard, They were the people that decided this was a way for them to core down into that problem of nature versus nurture. Now, the way this story ends is horrible because the boys started a life together. They become friends. They start a business. They own a restaurant in New York City. And over time, these differences in their life start to rear their ugly heads. The boy that was raised by the blue collar family, he's, he's, a little bit jaded. You know, he didn't have the life that the affluent kid did. He was supposed to have the same life as these two two twin brothers, but one of them went to private school and had a pool in the backyard, and he grew up in a slum a couple blocks away. And they knew that these doctors not only had placed them that way, but had been monitoring their lives. So once the boys started talking about stuff, they realized the same doctors were coming to their houses on the same days So for 20 years, these doctors could have at some point said, hey, by the way, I just saw a kid that looks just like you. I was just with your twin brother, and I was just with one of your twin brothers, one of your triplets, and, and never. They held this stuff back from these kids on purpose. I don't remember how they explained to the kids why they had to do these checkups. I remember it, but like, obviously they were tracking their progress all through their life. They claimed that it was just the adoption agency. It was protocol for the adoption agency to, to maintain contact. So they were lied to. They totally lied to. The parents were lied to. And by the way, the parents all stood up and said, if you would have told us there were three boys, we would have taken all three. Right. This, this thing that this Jewish board of guardians came out and said was a total farce. And they did it intentionally because they knew that was the only way. So they were convinced, obviously wrongly in this case, because they didn't have the permission of people to do this. They did it in a, in a way that was a lie. Yep. Um, that they convinced themselves that this was for the greater good. Yes. This is a scientific experiment to figure out nature versus nurture. This is how we're going to do it. And honestly, if you said, okay, what were the results of that? Then you would say nurture is pretty powerful. It, yes. And that's, you come away from that with that thing, Mark. Listen, there's a lot of stuff that it's such a fascinating documentary to see because these boys are identical in absolutely every way. By the way, the it's way called, I don't think you ever told the, the title. It's called Three, Three Identical Strangers. Three Identical Strangers. And it's available a lot of places. I think you can even find it on YouTube for free. Uh, and it, it is one of the best documentaries. It's a tough one to watch because it doesn't end with a happy ending. Um, 
I mean, one of the, it's, it doesn't end with a happy ending. Okay. I'll just, we'll leave it at that. It's not a great story. It's, it's horrible what ended up happening to the human lives. Um, and then just the wake of lies, man, it, it, what it does to these families and the parents who were lied to all those years, it lying is a horrible, horrible thing. And this is, it's a great documentary about what happens to human beings when, I've other, seen it. It is, it is one of those ones that you, you don't know what you're watching until it takes that turn. Yep. And then you go, whoa, yep. this is so much different than I expected. Because the boys are all, when they first learn about each other, they're best friends almost immediately. Yeah. And and there was, and, you're, and, and it's funny because you mentioned like our parents probably remember this because they did become famous right away. Yeah. yeah they I they mean, were on, on Donahue. Yeah, they were on every, a lot of they were, shows. Yeah. And, they were smiley and they were happy. And yeah. then it takes a, a darker turn. Uh, sure. So I, and because we've been talking about this, it's been on my mind since you, we, you know, talking about documentaries that make you feel. Yep. There is one that's out there that does this times a thousand. It takes in a, it, there's a sentence in the documentary that turns this thing on its absolute head to the, I've never had an, one of those moments where I stopped in my tracks and went, I don't think I just heard what I heard. And I grabbed the remote and rewound it and played it again and thought, no way this documentary just did that to me. It's called a letter for Zachary. And if anybody has read it or, or, or it's, it's called dear Zachary. Okay. Yeah. And if anybody has seen that, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And I, I have friends Sounds that don't familiar. like me. I have friends that don't like me bringing this up because it's, it 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 elicits such an emotional. It sounds response. like a, a pleasant viewing experience. Uh, it's uh, a a dark dreary day would be the right day to watch Dear Zachary. I'm going to uh, not a documentary but a movie that I wanted to bring to people's attention that I have not seen yet, but I saw a preview the other day, and rarely do I see a preview. And I'm like, that looks pretty pretty good, and I want to do. Uh, we'll we'll bring the conversation back up to something funnier. Nick Cage. Okay, the great Nick Cage. Yeah, I think everyone, everybody that listens to this has their own feelings about Nicolas Cage, right? I, he was in a lot of good movies. Yeah, but he's a polarizing, dude, for sure. It, yeah. He's he's odd. Yeah, he is. Uh, apparently, he had a ton of debt, so he had to do like every movie imaginable, and that's kind of what he's known for now: is saying yes to movies that you've never seen. I've never seen. Like if you go to, to his IMDb and look at his, it's unbelievable. There's just yeah. a ton of movies, <laughs> yeah. just grabbing paychecks anywhere. So I saw a preview the other day, or I heard that his new movie, which had come out at Cannes or one of the film festivals, had a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, I think it was only through like 17 reviews or something, enough to matter. And Mark, is this the one where he plays himself? Yes. Yeah, so the, na <laughs> the, name, the name of this movie is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that is, so this is not a documentary, by the way. This is Nick Cage playing Nick, Nick Cage. Cage. And it starts with the the preview starts with he's in a in a steam bath with Doogie Hauser, okay Neil Patrick Harris, and they're talking about how much money he owes or whatever. And apparently for some reason I don't know if Doogie Hauser plays an agent or something. I have no idea, but he tells them about he's got an invitation to go to this rich guy's birthday party for a million dollars. So he takes takes the gig. He's going to make a million dollars to go to a, a birthday party, and then from there hilarity ensues I, but, I will sign up for this but he's actually playing himself <laughs> yeah. and like he's in on the joke about all the jokes about i'm in man uh, i am too. Uh, Sounds great. Uh, Me too about him one of the things i'm not ruining it because it's the preview like this guy's giving him a tour this guy that hires him for a million dollars is the biggest nick cage fan in the world and he's showing him around and he like brings him across like a wax figure of nick cage in this guy's house and nick cage says 
That's hideous. <laughs> and, then, and then in the same breath, he goes, I'll give you 20000 for it. <laughs> it I looks really funny. <laughs> so no, nobody will remember that title, but just look up the uh, the new Nick Cage trailer. That's it comes great. out in April. It looks, it looks The unbearable fantastic. weight of massive talent. That, that yes, that's... <laughs> That's the name of it. I so, hope he named it. I hope that's great. <laughs> I hope he wrote it. I mean, I hope he named it. I don't know, man. But it's just watch the preview, man. The preview. The preview made me think I gotta watch this movie, dude. This is gonna be great. All right, Ross. I know you need to get out of here. Do you got anything else that you uh, want to get off your slightly hairy I got, chest? I got nothing for you. No, and that's uh, my chest. Not slightly hairy. No, I got one boob. One boob that's hairy. That's it. Hey, Sean's a newer agent. Sean, I'll give you a, we'll give you a 15 seconds oh boy. for a free plug about yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, relatively new agent. Started up last year. Got several deals under my belt helping out Ross with a lot of things right now. Um, Sean's I live, a man. I live up in Ames, so I, I know the Ames market very well, but I, I sold in uh, Altoona and Madrid and all over the place. So, License uh, to sell all over the state of Iowa. All over the state of Iowa. But if someone that was listening happened to have a need specifically up in Ames or a store city or a Nevada or yeah. a... A Gilbert, right, or a whatever. Sean would be a good Boone. Even I, I live technically in Boone County, but it's Ames address. So. Yeah, you don't want to tell people that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad deal, so I don't live in Boone. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Sorry we couldn't get KK on here. She's a wuss, and we're going to let state. her know about that. Go state. Go Hopefully, state. we'll have a, a victory here in about seven hours. The game kicks off. All right, thanks everybody. See you next week.